The Word of God that will speak to us this morning is from Isaiah 43, the first verse. Now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. That is the Word of God. Apologist Greg Kukul has a way of presenting a scenario to help engage in discussion about life in the womb, especially out in the secular world. He says, suppose a mom is standing in front of the kitchen sink doing the dishes. I'm not sure we do that anymore, but pretend that mom is standing there doing the dishes. And little tod- her little toddler comes up behind her and says, mom, can I kill this? What's the first question mom's going to ask? What is it? Yeah. What is it? Now, if it's a bug or a cricket or something like that, that's one thing. If it's the family cat, that's something else. What is it? What is it in the womb? Now, again, in the secular realm, we, we can look at embryology and science, and we can say very definitely and factually that it is a new and unique human being. And then we can go from there in terms of arguing about the rights of that human being, so forth. But that's out there. We're Christian people, and we have a much more powerful answer to the question, what is it? And we just read the answers. (laughs) Created, redeemed, and called. Now let me pause here just a minute for you exegetes out there who are making a mental note to speak to me later because yes, I know this passage is not referring to individuals, it's referring to nations. But it's so concise to have these three right here and and I'm just using these as a springboard to talk about passages that do relate to individuals. Every human being, you see, is someone God created. We heard it in our psalm today, not just created, but created with his hands, knit together in the womb. This uh, passage in in 139, verse verse 13, you created my inmost being. Uh, There's a lot of Hebrew idioms used there, but it's it's a very powerful statement. First, God creates our inmost being, and then he, he weaves a covering for us. He knits us together. That's kind of what happens in biology. Conception takes place in the fallopian tube. There we became us at that moment. Our, our inmost being was there. And then we get down to the uterus and our body develops in the uterus. So God creates us and then he weaves a covering for us. When I, I talk to the little, little kids, I've been talking to schools all week long out here And I tell the little kids, we could all have a tag in the back of our neck, like we see on fine clothing, and our tag would say, handmade by God. That's who's in the womb, not just someone, someone created by God. But it goes further than that. Redeemed, God loved what he made with his hands so much that when we got lost in sin, he sends Jesus into this world to redeem us, to buy us back. And I think it's significant to understand when this process of redemption started physically here on this earth. And we can can go to Luke 1 for that. Remember when Mary visits Elizabeth, pregnant with Jesus, just a few days ago because she left right away and went to the hill country of Judea. 
And as soon as she walks in the room, Mary, empowered by the, Elizabeth, empowered by the Holy Spirit, says, Who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Lord, Kyrios, the counterpart for the Old Testament name of God. And how big is Jesus? He's a speck, not even fully implanted in Mary's uterine wall. I think it's significant that Jesus passed through all the stages of our development so he could redeem us from our unclean conception and our unclean birth. Jesus had to be a speck, you see. He needed to develop hands and feet so they could be nailed to a cross. He needed a mouth so he could utter that forsaken cry. He needed a brow to wear a crown of thorns. He needed lungs so he could breathe his last. He needed a beating heart and blood so it could be shed. He needed a body so it could die and be buried in a tomb. Luke refers to the cross as a spectacle. And before there could be a spectacle, there had to be a speck. And then, of course, there was the spectacular. Our Savior rises from the dead. And we are redeemed. We are bought back with the blood of Christ. And we need to understand that that price was paid for every single human being. So every single human being is someone created by God, someone for whom Jesus Christ shed his blood. And then our ascended Savior sends forth his Holy Spirit to call us to be his own, to call us by name, to give us his name. And Paul reminds Timothy as he writes to him that God desires this for everyone. God would have everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. There's the answer that we have to the question, what is it? Science tells us it's someone. But we can say it's someone created by God. It is someone redeemed by the blood of Christ. And it is someone God wants to call through the splashings of the waters of holy baptism into an eternal relationship with him. And when we look at life from that perspective, a biblical perspective, a gospel-centered, what God has done that gives value perspective, that gives us a foundation upon which to stand to engage in these issues. So that's my challenge to you today. I don't know where you are on life issues, abortion, but I ask you to rethink it no matter where you are because our value comes from outside of ourselves and God gives value to every life. As I like to say at Lutherans for Life, we're not for life, because we live in a society that isn't, but because we serve a God who is. Or another way of putting it, we're not for life because life is precious. We're for life because life is precious to God. So I invite you to think about that word of God today. Think about the question, what is it? And the answers, it's a human being created by God for whom Jesus died and someone he wants to call. In the name of Jesus, amen.